Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful Wrestling Podcast, February 22nd edition. For more podcasts like this, subscribe to us, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and of course, head over to Fightful.com. We have all your news, results, exclusives, backstage news, interviews, podcasts, photos, videos, and of course, the pro series where you can hear from actual wrestlers and fighters. We got tons of people over here at Fightful.com, from Matt Riddle to Shane Helms, Elias Theodore, UFC Hall of Famer, uh, Frank Trigg, uh, Jason Kincaid, who just won a wrestling championship this past weekend. And tomorrow, uh, we debut the Pro Series edition with Deanna Perrazzo. Hot damn. I go from all those fantastic, great names, and I guess it's all downhill from here because I introduced <laughs> the man managed by Virgil, Jimmy Van. What's up, Jimmy? How you doing, man? Good to see you as always. I was, How I much- was, you know what? I have to, I have to say, I'm going to give you props for a second. Yeah. I did not think that uh, you were going to come through with an article by Deanna. I didn't think it was going to happen because uh, I, I told Sean about this. I told him, don't, don't announce stuff until it's done, until you have it in the can, so to speak. Yeah. Because oftentimes people agree to do stuff. And then uh, when they find out maybe they got too much else going on in their lives, it doesn't come to fruition. And then we're left looking like fools because everybody's asking, where is it? Where is it? I did not think you were going to come through. So good, good on you for that, man. That was good. We got plenty to talk about. What's on your damn list today? I know you got a list. I always have a list now, man. I might get a clipboard soon. I might get one of those. I haven't done that yet today, but I do have stuff on my list today. I, I might want to add what you told me off air to the list. I might want to add the Matt Riddle, Joe Rogan thing to the list because, uh, that made me yeah. sad a little bit. That made me. Let's start with that because that's still fresh in your head. Tell everybody what you just told me. So I filmed the Matt Riddle show early. By the way, you can get early access to that uh, by registering at <laughs> Fifle.com. Absolutely free, no credit card required. And I thought we had a fantastic show. It drops Thursday, 
And I brought up, uh, we, we talked about something in relation to Joe Rogan and he, yeah, he had some, some words. He, he is not fond of Joe Rogan's uh, Joe Rogan making light of professional wrestling the way he does and how he doesn't like it. And cause he, he says stuff like there are people who say, Oh, wrestling is fake. And they go and they watch transporter. Mm. But so it, I, you know, I agree with that. Is there an example lately of Rogan knocking pro wrestling? And 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 in case anybody out there doesn't know who Joe Rogan is, I'm sure you all do. But he is the color commentator for the UFC pay per views, and and he's been doing it forever. I always thought that Joe respected pro wrestling. I've I've watched his podcast a few times. I've ta- I've seen him talk about guys like the Iron Sheik, uh, and he was pretty respectful about uh, the Iron Sheik's yeah. wrestling past and. So I'm kind of surprised to hear this, that uh, I would want to see examples or hear examples of when he's actually talked shit about wrestling. Oh, yeah, there are lots of individualized clips on YouTube. Uh, I See, I, I hate to encourage people to watch those individualized clips that do not pay Joe Rogan because I've been spending a good portion of our week deleting stuff that people are, you know, they're stealing our content. But And I know that happens to him a lot, but there are lots of clips that, that identify it. Hey, he's entitled to his opinion. It's just the the matter the manner in which you know they he really really plays it up it's ridiculous and not not like Anna Bauer ridiculous which you can watch over at the fightful.com youtube channel that was so smooth that what did you call yourself the king of the segways or something somebody else called me the king of segway style i didn't call myself that that was got really an ego, smooth but it's not that bad well that was pretty uh, smooth how you I just like, did that i got to say i liked anna's new tagline for the show the alternative facts of professional wrestling like ah there you go clever i'm a fan of that yeah there you go so should we get to my list now yeah let's get to your damn list uh okay i i I keep it relatively short because i don't want to steal your thunder and take over the show so uh i keep it short first let's talk about george the animal steel yeah Uh, about his passing i actually had the opportunity to spend uh, a weekend one time at an independent show in fargo north dakota in 1999 with george the animal steel and I got to hang with him a fair bit that weekend. We got to talk a fair bit that weekend. He was the only guy that at that show, and that show had guys like the Iron Sheik was there, the Bushwhackers were there, uh, Sherry Martell was there. He was the one guy. You know, his real name was Jim Myers, right? And you know that the real guy was uh, very intelligent. He had a dry wit, dry sense of humor. He was the one guy that a lot of us were calling Mr. Myers that weekend. Uh, because he commanded that respect. It's not like he told you to call him that, but he commanded that respect. So you would see the Sheik. A lot of people called him Sheiky Baby or Cosgrow. And you would see Sherry and call her Sherry. But then you saw George the Animal Steel. People called him Mr. Myers because uh, he just commanded that respect. And I'll tell you something else about George the Animal Steel. This show was an outdoor show. And it was uh, at like a fairgrounds. And they had limited trailers, which is what they were using for locker rooms. And so they didn't have a lot of room for all the male wrestlers because there was only two girls on the card, Sherry and, and whoever she was wrestling. And they were short on, on room for the male wrestlers. Sherry Martell actually said, George can come and, and change with us because there was so much respect and so little fear of George being essentially a pervert that uh, she had no problem changing in a locker room with George Animal Steel. He was uh, he was a cool guy. He, he used to do this magic trick that he did with us. I don't, if you maybe if you Google it, you'll find it where he would tell you about the science of, of pinpoints on the body and that uh, you can use very little actual power if you put your fingers in the right spot of the body to lift them in the air. 
uh, and he had me and Justin Roberts, the ring announcer from WWE for many years, and a couple of other guys. One of us, we put our hands together like this, one under each knee, one under each elbow, and we were able to lift George the Animal Steel up in the air like that. That was a little thing, little trick that he did. That's interesting. Yeah, he was a, he was a good guy, and again, very dry wit, like very dry sense of humor. And he was a smart guy. What you saw on TV with the turnbuckles, you know how they always say that the biggest stars is the same guy with the volume turned up? Mm-hmm. George Animal Steel was a complete 180. That was clearly not the real, <laughs> not the real guy. But, uh, but he was great, and I was a fan of the Randy Savage, Beauty and the Beast storyline that he did. And, and, uh, but you know what? He lived a great life. I mean, he, he lived to be, what, 79, I think? Yeah, I, I think it was five years ago. See, I grew up a little bit after, right after he got out of wrestling, I got into it. Like, the Rockers and Sting and the Legion of Doom, like, early 90 got me into it pro wrestling and so my main memories of him are like in the oddities but of course i would go back and watch stuff of course the stuff with randy savage but uh, there's a guy named sean oliver who does kayfabe commentary he does some great shoot interviews and he had him he had george Steele on the 1986 edition about five years ago and it was just phenomenal on it mm-hmm. and he was everything that you just mentioned mm-hmm. on those shows he, he was he was phenomenal he was great and you can always say, you can also tell that he was the kind of guy that did not involve himself with the bullshit politics of the business. Yeah, you know, I mean, for many many years he only wrestled in the summertime, and the rest of the year he was a high school teacher and football coach in uh, suburban Detroit. So, and he only I think he went full time in the eighties because he was like fifty and the money became too good to turn it away. But uh, he was just one of those laid back guys, didn't care about the bullshit of the business. He did it for the money, and and I mean he loved it too. But it, it was a business to him because he had a family. And, uh, yeah, no, I, my one and only experience with him, you know how sometimes you meet people and then afterwards you think, well, he was just a real prick, not what you expected. Uh, yeah. George Steele, the one weekend that I got to, to spend some time with him, he was, I thought he was great. And again, he commanded to, respect from everybody. To be honest, that those type of interactions I think are what le- helped lead me down the road to being a journalist because I realized being a fan, most of these people just aren't what you think. So I'd, I'd rather cover them than, I, you know, it just never, it didn't appeal to me that much. He is a WWE Hall of Famer, 1995. He is a Slammy Award winner for Best Performance by an Animal. Nice. So are you saying, and, are you uh, saying you were left with a sour taste when you tried to get Virgil to do a uh, cameo on our podcast last week? No, that was fully the interaction that I had anticipated <laughs> with Virgil, to be honest with you. Uh, and to be to be honest, when I was a kid, I was a big Virgil fan. Really? Were you? Well, see, I mean, it was kind of hard to not be as like a five, six-year-old kid and seeing this guy get abused. And like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, this stuff isn't getting over. This stuff isn't getting over. You'd be surprised what gets over with a five, six-year-old kid, especially when Ted DiBiase is involved. And when he turned on him, then when he won the Million Dollar Championship, uh, man, because the Million Dollar title was always my favorite belt as a kid. Let me tell you what I thought when it came to Virgil. I was probably 11 or 12 when he first came in with DiBiase. And do you remember uh, on Superstars of Wrestling one time, I think it was probably late 87, early 88, he did a match on Superstars with Savage. Uh, And Virgil had never really wrestled, uh, but he did that match on Superstars with Savage. Savage squashed him. If you ever saw that match, he destroyed Virgil in that match. And I remember watching that match as like an 11 or 12 year old kid and thinking to myself, why does DiBiase have this bum as a bodyguard? 
Because yeah. Savage killed them, and, and yet DiBiase could go 15 minutes with Savage. Clearly, DiBiase was the tougher of the two. I always wondered why. I mean, I realized his wrestling uh, pedigree probably wasn't the greatest then, but I always wondered why he got destroyed whenever he got in the ring, like every time. Yeah, that, that's been the case for most bodyguards in wrestling history, except maybe China and Diesel. Right. Yeah. Maybe those couple. What, what's next on your list? Okay, I want to talk about Mr. Derek Lewis for a minute. And, yeah. And once again, this is MMA related, but as I've said before, whenever I have something that I think ties into wrestling or that I think wrestling fans would find interesting, I want to address it. So I want to talk about Mr. Derek Lewis. So last Sunday, he, oh, by the way, he is a UFC fighter, for those who don't know, and he fights in the heavyweight division. Last Sunday, he fought a gentleman by the name of Travis Brown, who is uh-huh. was, was probably best known now for being the boyfriend of Ronda Rousey. And Derek Lewis uh, pummeled Travis Brown. He knocked him cold in two rounds. And his post-fight interview has gotten a lot of attention because of things that he, that he said in that interview. Uh, I should set this up by saying that before Travis Brown got together with Ronda Rousey, he was married. And his, uh, his wife at the time uh, accused him of beating her up. He accused him of, of uh, physically assaulting her. It's never been proven in court, and he's never been convicted of a crime. But that- I, I do want to correct something, though. Sure. She has not went on record. I think, I think Robin may have said that Monday. She did not go on record saying that he didn't. Uh, but I, I believe that when the UFC had somebody conduct their investigation, they had found out she had told people prior that it was due to training. She is – Pretty intense. She's a fitness model. Okay. So, I mean, shit happens. But. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, the reason I want to talk about this. So, first, I'm going to read the quote of what he said. Uh, and what he, and this was in the cage after he knocked out Travis Brown. And what he said was, uh, he can call himself a man, but he likes to put his hands on women. So, forget that guy. I got much more heart than he has. Where's Ronda Rousey's fine ass at? And that's what he said. He got a lot of attention for that interview. And I know that you and, and Showdown Joe both talked about how you didn't like it and you thought it was classless. Robin Black said the same thing. I thought it was great, if you can believe it. And I'm going to tell you... I, I'm shocked that you <laughs> thought it was great. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why I thought it was great. Uh, and it goes back to what we've talked about before, about how WWE is lately having trouble developing new talent uh, and UFC is having uh, inabilities developing new talent. When you think about the elite level stars in UFC and in WWE, whether that be Conor McGregor, Ronda Rousey, George St. Pierre, The Rock, Brock Lesnar, John Cena, whoever, when you think about the top level guys, they all have the same qualities in common, right? They all have a marketable look, all of them. They all have the ability to talk and they have great personalities and they all win and win decisively. I mean, obviously in wrestling, it's a lot easier to pull off. Uh, but still, even then, I mean, The Rock would go on a big winning streak. Stone Cold was kicking everybody's ass. John Cena was Superman. Uh, and then in the UFC, it was all legitimate. But still, they, they would win and win decisively. When I look at a guy like Derek Lewis, it's questionable if he has any of those qualities at all. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't have a marketable look. He's, he's an overweight fighter. He can't talk. He mumbles when he talks. And if you don't really pay attention to him when he's talking, you, it's hard to pick up everything he says because he mumbles when he talks. He's on a winning streak right now, but he is not an elite-level athlete. And, and because of his weight, I can't see him getting through a five-round title fight without gassing out. So when I look at a guy like Derek Lewis, how is a guy like Derek Lewis, aside from the fact that he's on a winning streak now, how is he going to get to the next level and get noticed? 
And the answer is you say stuff like that. That's how you get to the next level and get noticed. And for that reason, I had no problem with it. When that fight was over, even though he won very decisively and in, in pretty impressive fashion, people were talking about his comments more so than his fight. So I had no problem with it for that reason. Like, do you not agree? If more people did what he did, maybe we would have more people standing out instead of having a bunch of gray area with a bunch of, uh, I guess you could say mid-card, you know, talent. Had, had it not been prefaced by him criticizing his opponent for how he treated a woman, had less of a problem with it, even though, you know. But if he hadn't I, said that. I don't have that much of a problem with it. it. I thought it was classless, yeah, but there are a lot of classless things that are said. Sure, I mean, and, and it was classless, but let me ask you this question. When CM Punk did his infamous pipe bomb and he made reference to how uh, maybe things would be better when Vincent Man died, how was that much mm-hmm. worse? How was that much worse than what Derek Lewis said? Well, it was scripted. Well, no, it wasn't scripted. Punk, Punk told the office, he gave him an idea of what he was going to say, but it wasn't scripted. He went out and, and, and spoke off the cuff, but he gave them an idea about what he was going to say. How do you think that it, do you think that if Derek Lewis had, do you think that the U.S. I, I think Vincent Mann would have probably okayed that line. I don't think Dana White would have okayed where's Ronda Rousey's fine ass at. Then, uh, before that, accused the UFC's uh, UFC heavyweight of domestic abuse after they cleared him of it, mind you. But if he hadn't have said that stuff, would he have gotten the same attention for it? Oh, no, absolutely not. No. I mean, sure. But you know what? I could also go out there and say I'm going to punch a baby in the face and get lots of attention too. <laughs> that, would actually be, that would actually Vince, be awesome if you said that. Vince used to do that to me all the time on these shows, Jimmy. He would say, okay, David Arquette, he was, it was cover of USA Today. I was like, <laughs> yeah, so was O.J. Simpson being accused of fucking killing somebody. doesn't mean it's always good. Uh, that can get the wrong kind of attention too. I don't think this necessarily did. More no. people do care about him, and that's the thing. I, I don't think it was overly malicious in that regard, no. but uh, it was classless, not malicious. Yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely classless. There's no question about it. But I don't think he said that stuff because he legitimately was trying to shit on Travis Brown. I, yeah, said, I don't I, think he was trying to pick up Ronda Rousey. No, no. I think he said that stuff because he was looking for a way to get attention, and he was looking for a way. I mean, the, uh, the, the, the post-fight press conference, he had a replica UFC belt on his shoulder. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I see smart. Yeah, I think, well, I don't know if it's him doing it or if it's people telling him to do it, but regardless, he's looking for ways to stand out. And for that reason, I had no problem with it. And again, he doesn't have the qualities of a typical star. I think that as soon as he gets in the cage with top five talent, he's probably not going to win. Uh, although the heavyweight division is kind of weak right now, so maybe he will. Well, but uh, here's, here's the thing I, I don't blame him for doing that. Sorry to interrupt, but. We, me and Joe will be talking about, I'm sure Joe will be talking about all week. UFC's letting top five, top 10 fighters walk out the door. Right. He is in that. Francis Ngannou is 5-0 and in the UFC. Derek Lewis has now won six fights in a row. They are top heavyweights in that division, but a guy who is three and three in his last six is getting the title shot. Right. In Junior Dos Santos. So in that regard, I'm sure that he probably saw that and said, uh, I got to do something to make sure that I'm not a victim of this. Absolutely. And, and when you look at WWE and I look at a guy like Dolph Ziggler and I have, I've been pretty hard on Dolph Ziggler uh, on this podcast because I just don't understand why a veteran talent would be, you know, blatantly ripping a, a legend like Shawn Michaels with some of his skill set. That being said, 
Dolph has made it pretty clear over the last several years about his uh, sour taste for creative. Why doesn't he try to do a pipe bomb like like Punk did, right? I think he's tried. It <laughs> just nobody cares. Well, maybe. Uh, did Shawn maybe. Michaels ever super kick a green screen to reveal another green? Screen? <laughs> I saw that, and I couldn't tell if it was a green screen or if, if or it looked like a part of the backstage area. It, or... it was a green screen. It was definitely a green screen. It was 100%. very odd. It was very odd, and and it's like, what did the what did the green screen do to you? I, because I wondered. Me and Jeff talked about that last night, and. I was told this morning, yes, it was. He just super kicked, and then they did a green screen edit to where the background changed to what looked like a backstage background. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was that was that was very odd. That was odd. Didn't run a full story on it, like <laughs> Dolph Ziggler super kicks green screen. But. I would have liked to have seen the green screen cut a promo first, so that it deserved the super kick. You yeah, know? you're just going out there burying green screens. Yeah, it's an These- innocent green screen, just minding his own business. Well, I guess his gimmick that is that he holds the young talent down, and green screen is, I guess, somewhat new technology, relatively speaking. So does that mean he's going to have a uh, transistor radio and a uh, VCR with him next week? Like, What does that mean? Oh, man. Back in my day, back in the days of the Spirit Squad. <laughs> That's how he needs to do it. What's next on your list? All right, list? I got a couple more. I love how you say that. I love how you say that. You're like, what's next on the list? Uh, okay, the next one. Presence, Jimmy Van. Presence. I want to talk about the New Day. Uh, yeah. And you had texted me about this. I am going to read this. This is directly off the TMZ website. And I'm going to read this. And this says, the New Day has officially been tapped to host WrestleMania 33. It's a huge... Could have read it from Fightful, but okay. Well, okay. It's a, it's a huge honor. That's a quote. Big E, Kofi Kingston, and Xavier Woods broke the news on TMZ Live and said they're psyched since they'll essentially be the faces of the biggest WWE event of the year. When you texted me and when you said, uh, Jimmy, what do you think about this? What did I tell you? Let me see. Okay, I'm going to save you the time. I said, I said one of the, <laughs> why don't they just tell the truth, which is creative doesn't know what to do with them. And that, yes. and that is the truth. And when I saw this thing on TMZ, but it's a huge honor – uh, and all whatever, what, what was that bullshit about? Oh, they're going to be the face of the show or whatever. That is all such a crock. And I think that wrestling fans are not dumb, even though sometimes WWE likes to discredit their intelligence. Wrestling fans aren't dumb. They know that the New Day is hosting WrestleMania because they have nothing for them to do. They know it. I mean, they've had them for weeks with Titus O'Neil and doing a, a, a recipe bullshit thing with, with Lana and ah, this is why they're hosting WrestleMania. Not saying that they're a bad choice because they'll be fine and they'll come out and they'll do their 20 minute comedy segment. And I think you were saying they might have Ellsworth in it, which makes sense. But uh, did you, you saw what Jeff mentioned about Hogan, right? I mean, if they want to get past the race card, that might help. What do you think? That's well, I think you saw what I thought yeah. last night. I hadn't even, it hadn't crossed my mind. And then I was like, this is their Saturday Saturday Night Live after 9-11. Rudy Giuliani being up there with Lorne Michaels saying, is it okay to laugh again type of thing? Right, right. This is their version of that. Uh, something else I want to – to kind of prove your point. Wrestling fans are not dumb. There are dumb wrestling fans. <coughs> there are dumb fans of every – there are dumb sure. fans of this show. That's right. They, no disrespect, but there are a few. There are dumb people in anything. They're right. really smart people in anything. Uh, Big E's line this Monday that was barely audible, right? Mind you, right? Uh, where they were like, "How did she get the plans?" And he just goes, "Well, she's Russian." 
and the crowd popped huge for it. And it's the only thing the crowd popped for. Yeah. Because it was a stupid promo talking about ingredients like unicorn horns and whatever crap. Booty juice. It was so stupid and it was it was right directly out of like the early 90s that crap. And and if it wasn't for him saying she you know she's Russian, he kind of saved the segment with that. And what Yeah, they popped for the one smart joke. Yeah, they did. They did. That and, whole thing. And they edited it out. Yeah. Yeah. That whole thing was so stupid. That whole segment was a waste of time. But uh, at least Big E got in that. And that's one thing I do like about the New Day is that the New Day, they, they do improvise. And not enough guys do that. They do throw out comments that just kind of come to their mind. And I wish more guys did that. Uh, head over to FightfulWrestling.com. We actually have that story on Big E's comment being edited. And also one that was edited out a couple months ago where he said that Charlotte will be a 16-time world champion by the end of this year. By the end of this year? Yeah. <laughs> I, I like if, that, if that's the direction they're going, not this year, but that Charlotte will be a 16 time women's champion. But right. hey, sign me up because I I love her work. I, I think it's incredible. Yeah, she has a great talent. She is for sure. What's next on your list? Okay, let's talk about Roman Reigns again for a minute. I let's do it. What'd you think of that top knot? Uh, well, I don't even really want to talk about that. I want to talk about his run-in on Braun what? Strowman at the end. I am actually going to give WWE the benefit of the doubt, even though I'm sure I'm going to be wrong. I'm going to give WWE the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to say they're setting him up for a heel turn. they got to be slowly setting him up for a heel turn. they got to be. Can you, can you remember, maybe with the exception of Stone Cold Steve Austin, because Stone Cold played a, a kind of a heel babyface, can you remember Hulk Hogan or John Cena, if you want to use those as comparables, ever running in fresh after their opponent has just worked like a 10 or 15-minute grueling match, run in to jump them as the babyface? Can you ever remember that happening? To be honest, I'm sure I could probably find something from Hulk Hogan where he did that. Because keep in mind, if you turned off the volume and watched the Hulk Hogan match – You'd be like, this guy is the biggest bastard in the history of wrestling. He would rake people's eyes and yeah. weight belts and choke them with his shirt. And he was he was scummy. I mean, he, he was he didn't have a skill set. He got set, eliminated right? from Royal Rumble. He got eliminated from Royal Rumbles and would pull people out. And yeah, yeah. Like he beat the shit out of the big boss man for tossing him out of the rumble legally. <laughs> yeah. Like there, I went back and watched those rumbles and I was like. Man, Hogan's a dick. <laughs> and John Cena traditionally has been a scumbag. He stole his buddy Zack Ryder's girlfriend, then made out with her in front of him. Like, he, they're scumbags. WWE builds their baby faces as scumbags. Now, as you mentioned, this doesn't happen a lot. If it, if it goes one of two ways, I might be okay with it. If he beats Braun Strowman and then beats The Undertaker and is a heel heel right i might be okay with i that, would be okay with it but look at that roster jimmy van yeah. look how heel heavy they are yeah i mean obviously i mean rollins is going to come back as a baby face especially now that he's got another little break they could bring back finn balor as a baby face mm-hmm. uh, they do have options but i could not believe as I mean, that was a grueling match that braun Strowman and the big show had it was a good match for two big guys i can't believe he did a nip up for 385 pounds that was that was a grueling match, and for him, after a grueling match to win, and then the Roman raises music hit, and there he comes fresh running down the aisle. I could not believe that. I was watching that going, this is your baby face, who now is going to try to bully a guy that just had a grueling 15-minute match. So uh, I, I, am, I am, again, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. It's a slow heel turn. 
book it. We'll see what happens after Mania. But that's the only logical explanation is that they're doing a slow heel turn because no one is going to pop for this guy when he's doing stuff like that. They're not. They have something special with Braun Strowman, and they need to run with the organic something special, which is funny because it's not really organic. They manufactured this. This isn't organic at all. I shouldn't have used that term. This is just masterful booking that paid off. That's what this is. Yeah, but whoa, whoa. I mean, it, it is masterful booking, but uh, if you don't have Braun Strowman doing a nip-up for a guy his size, if you don't have Braun Strowman, you know when somebody's in the ring running the ropes and he's outside and he's able to slide back in and catch him with a clothesline, if you don't have him doing the impressive things that he's able to do, it doesn't get over. Doesn't matter. Sure. It doesn't matter how he's how different. He's, he's he been. ain't great, Kali. Yeah, he, exactly, exactly. That's the difference. He, I could not believe he did a nip up like for a guy his size, and he did it quick too. Like and the roll through ahead of it. Right. He is an impressive specimen, and he's definitely over with the crowd. That that nip up got a pop. So uh, I do the the YouTube rankings for Raw and SmackDown on Fightful.com the day after. And what that does is it really helps us individualize what segments people are going out of their way to see. Big Show versus Braun Strowman was not only the top segment, but it it cracked like 1.17 million by 4 p.m. Eastern the next day. Right. That Those are exceptional numbers for a guy who was really nothing two years ago and a guy who hasn't been on TV. Right, and Show busted his ass. Like he busted he made his ass. Look like a, he looks so motivated. Oh, he yeah. looks so happy. His interviews that that like I remember you've sent me interviews of his. Uh, damn the the guy from Florida who does Chris Van Vliet does some great stuff. Yeah. Does some great stuff, and he just seems like a happy person. Mm-hmm. And I, I mentioned this on every show we've done this week, and I'm going to mention it again. To hear this is awesome chance for a face off when we were getting please retire chance for him a year ago. Right. Makes me very happy. I, I think people respect the work he's put in because, uh, again, the wrestling audience is very internet savvy now, and these people are seeing the Twitter photos. Uh, they're seeing a lot of the YouTube uh, interviews and stuff. Not everybody, but a lot of them are. And I think that they respect the work that he's put in. They can see the, the physical differences. And, uh, and good for him. Good for him. And, again, I, I was expecting that match to be dog shit or I was expecting Braun was going to beat him quick. For them to go out and work as long as they did and keep the crowd in, it's a testament to both of them. So I thought it was, I thought it was great. I think the WWE has several different ways they can go here. And I think all of them need to have Braun Strowman beat Roman Reigns. Now he doesn't have to beat him clean. He shouldn't beat him clean. The undertaker should show up and cost Roman Reigns that match, set up the mania match, do that. But if I, if I'm WWE, I have one of two things happen. Now, I've always pitched the idea of having Mark Henry win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, maybe last eliminating Braun Strowman because Braun Strowman getting tossed over the top rope isn't hurting him a bit. The other way I take it is Braun Strowman eliminates literally everybody from that Battle Royal. I mean everybody. Nobody else gets an elimination. He tosses out 25, 30 people on his own. I think that would be a great way to make that match mean something. Braun Strowman in any match at WrestleMania means something right now. And does, that, isn't I, that crazy to think? Yeah, but he's got to keep using those physical gifts that he has. Because if you think about the, the Andre Battle Royal with Cesaro, uh, and Cesaro not only did the swing that got over, but he picked up the big show and dunked him over the top. And that was one of the biggest moments of the whole event. So I like your idea, but... As part of that, they have to have Braun doing a nip-up. They have to have him running the ropes like he can do. They have to have him doing the physical things that he can do. 
and that can work. I mean, I, I think having Taker cost Roman uh, the match isn't a bad idea. And you know what they could do? They could have Roman work the match as the heel against Braun because Braun is so much bigger and stronger that they can make it look like the only way Roman has an advantage is when he cheats. The only way he has an advantage is if, yeah. he, if he hits him low or if he tries to use uh, an object outside the ring. It would make sense because Braun is so much bigger and stronger, but the crowd's going to treat him like a heel for doing it. That way, if Taker runs into Costa in the match, Taker's still the babyface going into Mania. So there's there's a lot of directions they could go in. I still think they're going to have Roman win because that's WWE. But uh, there's a lot of things they could do. They have a lot of options. Ooh, just announced for Ring of Honor's 15th anniversary pay-per-view, which we will be covering at Fightful.com. The Kingdom, who don't mean a damn thing, are defending their six-man tag team titles against Dalton Castle and The Boys. Are you familiar with Dalton Castle and The Boys? Can't say I am, to be honest. Oh, they are something special. Dalton Castle is if Freddie Mercury were a wrestler. Okay. Okay. That's that's something to watch out for, you guys. Anything else on your list? I have one more, but I know you wanted to talk about it already anyway, and that is The Rock calling CM Punk in the ring. Yes on Monday night, uh, and Vincent Hunter apparently being upset about it. What's your take on the whole situation? Vincent Hunter should be thankful that The Rock was willing to appear in front of the crowd, that The Rock was willing to take on their shitty page movie. That uh, It was his idea, though. That was Rock's idea. Was it? Yeah, because he was... They should be willing... They should be thankful that he had the shitty idea to do that movie. <laughs> there you go. Uh, they should be thankful that The Rock has anything to do with them these days. Uh, I don't think he should be pinning young talent. Hey, you know what? If it's Ro- Eric Rowan in six seconds at WrestleMania, whatever. Yeah. Who cares? And it ain't hurting Eric Rowan. No. It doesn't hurt him a damn bit. Eric Rowan will come back in two months, tag with Luke Harper, and be the best tag team on SmackDown, and it won't mean a damn thing. Won't mm-hmm. won't matter. I thought it was great. I thought CM Punk's reaction to it was great, too. I was... Sorry, I didn't answer. I was walking my dog. It's his birthday. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously he was screen he he was screening his calls. Obviously, and he, and he I think saw. Rock probably told him. You think he told him in advance? Yeah. Yeah, maybe he did. Maybe he did. The way I looked at it was, I mean, I, I can understand to a degree uh, Vince being upset because there's pending lit- litigation. That's the only reason because there's pending litigation, and I don't know the situation. I don't know if there if if uh, you know. They should even be mentioning his name in front of a live wrestling crowd. I mean, I don't know the situation, so I can understand that. But that being said, like you said, they should be thanking their lucky stars that the biggest actor in Hollywood still wants to have ties to WWE because he sure as hell does not need WWE. And they need him much more than he needs them. So if I was Vincent Hunter, I would just be loving whatever he wants to do. So long as he's not going in the ring and you know saying that he wants to do nasty things to Stephanie or Linda – Outside of, outside of that, they should be happy to just, just to have his involvement. And I couldn't believe that they were supposedly pitching a fit backstage about it. But at the same time, does it really surprise you? It doesn't. I, I heard they. I, what I was told is they weren't pitching a fit. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Kern because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Kern. (laughs) 
I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. But they weren't happy. Right. Visibly unhappy. Not like tantrum unhappy, but visibly unhappy. Let me tell you a little story from from years ago. Before I owned my company that I have now, I was a sales executive at another advertising firm. And I I happened to be the top sales guy there in terms of revenue. They brought in a new uh, VP who was my boss. And him and I butted heads a lot because he was one of these asshole kind of bosses that wanted to fire people and make people walk on eggshells. And I was never that guy. And so him and I butted heads a lot. One day he called me into the boardroom to try to make amends with me. And he said, sometimes when you have your, you know, your, your performer, your top performer, you have to eat their shit and like it. Uh, and I look at the rock the exact same way. If he does something that WWE doesn't like, so what? Because he's still willing to be part of your show deal with it and be thankful that he's there. And that's how I look at it. You're seeing uh, for a little bit of a sports crossover, you're seeing the Sacramento Kings and the NBA taking a lot of flack for not doing that with DeMarcus cousins because they traded their franchise player over the last six, seven years to new Orleans and didn't get a lot out of him. And he threw some temper tantrums on the court, but he was a pillar of the community. So you, you see that in, in a lot of facets of life. I mean, sometimes you have to deal with me being a diva, Jimmy Van. Every day, every day. And I, I pick my spots. You guys would not believe, and I, I love that you use the word diva to describe yourself. You, you would not believe the diva issues I got to deal with with Sean Ross Sapp, but I'm dealing a with case it. Of this, a case of this on my doorstep every day. Even though I try to tell you it's bad for you. It's bad for you. It's no calorie. Yeah, I, I, I try to not drink anything carbonated, but man – Unsweet tea with stevia is really – there's only so much that can do. You know what's funny is that you tease me saying that my Tim Hortons coffee is $2 trash is what you say. <laughs> this, this is $2 trash. And, this absolutely And is. I was going to say, and this is just <laughs> coffee with milk and one sugar in it. That's all it is. And you've got – how many chemicals are in that thing that you're drinking? Carbonated water, something I can't pronounce, <laughs> lemon pulp, citric acid, taurine, sodium citrate. Panax ginseng extract. I'm on the third third of like 12 lines. Right, right, exactly. Here. Yeah, there yeah. is. But hey, man, I put in those hours and I wouldn't have it any other way. So you got to have a little pick-me-up on occasion. It's true. And you're good at your job, man. So if you want to drink Monster Energy drinks, go ahead. Do what you want to do. I'm a little pissy. Uh, I reached out to them for a sponsorship a couple years ago before I drank them. And they were like, well, what's your favorite product? And I was like, mm. And... and Worked myself into a shoot with this one because I don't like your stuff. You know what? Give it, <laughs> give it time because you can, you can feel that we're getting some momentum. Give it time yeah. and they will come to you. And this is why I keep on putting Tim Horton's logo on the screen because Tim's call me, folks. I'd get, I'll go for some free coffees as well. I think Virgil is killing any, any opportunities for sponsors. Although Prime Virgil back there does look like he uses his on it. Go over to Fightful.com. Click that on it banner. Use that alpha brain to keep your mind right. Take that new mood to get your sleep cycle right. T plus if you if your workouts are just crappy, take that T plus. Shroom tech for energy. 
I take uh, a lot of Alpha Brain, take a lot of Shroom Tech, take a lot of New Mood. Big fans of that stuff. We got some questions over here. People love to hear the behind-the-scenes stuff about Fightful. Cool. What do you got? What do you want? Uh, Peter Gallagher on Twitter says, why did Jimmy pick you to front the website and podcasts? Good choice though. <laughs> okay. Do you think that you should answer that question or should I answer that question? Go ahead. You answer it. You know more than I do. I could, I could so easily, this is such an open-ended question, Sean. I could have so much fun with this question. I wasn't the only one that you were interested in. Uh, in, in complete honesty, uh, I contacted one other person aside from Sean. You're the second guy I contacted. I contacted one other guy. He has a well-known personality with another major wrestling website. Uh, if you count, who writes like a granny on Facebook? Well, maybe, but if you if you look at the newsbreakers of the industry, he's probably top three. I think you probably agree with me mm-hmm. on that. Uh, and he sure. and he was interested, but his price point was uh, unrealistic. Laughable. Unrealistic. Laughable. And then what happened was uh, I wanted to make a crossover site. I found Sean on Twitter. I had never watched your podcast before because I was never a podcast guy. Saw your podcast, saw you knew wrestling and MMA, and then Bill Apter vouched for you and said that you were a good guy to, to have. So I called you up, and that was it. That's how it came together. I'm doing an appearance on uh, the Talking Sheet podcast, I think, this weekend or next week. And they they delve into like the coverage of the coverage, and I'm sure I'll talk a little bit about this, but... I did a lot of free work for Bill Apter just because he was Bill Apter, mm-hmm. because I like Bill Apter. There were situations where I would sell sponsorships for articles to get paid. There were a lot of creative ways I did to get paid. And I always wondered, is this going to pay off? And just the relationship with Bill Apter was enough. But <coughs> then when we had that conversation, you told me that he vouched for you. That that meant a lot to me. He did. Yep, he did. <laughs> Graham Williams, who does a lot of our great graphics uh, for podcasts for Fightful.com, says, how much fuck money does a cardboard virtual <laughs> charge for appearances? I am very confident in saying that uh, the price of the cardboard Virgil would be at least 20% less than the price of the real Virgil. At least 20% less. I'm very confident in saying that. And I think the the the, the physical condition of the cardboard Virgil trumps the real Virgil in 2017. So you talk about a deal, Sean, that's a deal. Matt got jealous of my wrestling memorabilia. And I'm not a wrestling memorabilia guy, but I have the Jeff Jarrett laser and Greg guitar and a mask that we will give away when Fightful Wrestle reaches a thousand <laughs> followers. Yours. You got the, the belt, the encyclopedia, the Virgil. Yeah, and, and don't forget I have all my LJNs at home. I might bring one of those in yes, for, uh, for a future podcast. We'll see. Listen, if, when contract renewal time comes up, i I got to try to negotiate in this, this WrestleFest arcade box. Unfortunately, you haven't reviewed it's your – probably worth more than my contract. It's too bad you haven't reviewed your contract because it is open-ended, so there is no contract renewal, period. Ah! I am a businessman, Sean. I know what I'm doing. Probably should have read my contract a little bit better. Anyway, what's next? Travis Akers on Twitter asks, uh, if Vince McMahon moves forward with the AJ Styles and Shane McMahon storyline, how should it be introduced? Jimmy, what do you think? Uh, I think they've already laid the groundwork for it. I I, I think that AJ, because he already said on SmackDown that he was arrogantly going to be in the main event of WrestleMania. Uh, And then I'm almost even questioning if... uh, well, no, because his feet did – it would have made more sense if 
if they were reversed and if Luke Harper's feet hit the floor first, uh, but they still, but they still called it a draw. That would have made more sense because then Styles would have had a legitimate claim, which uh, he could have then taken out on Shane McMahon. I think they're still going to go in that direction. I think that AJ Styles is going to feel like he was screwed out of the match uh, and he's going to take it out on Shane McMahon. I think it's going to be very much like the Miz and Daniel Bryan. The only difference is that Shane can actually get in the ring. Uh, and do I want to see that match? Somebody, I think, mentioned uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Of course, you'd much rather see that match, but you're not because I feel like Shane wants to be a part of the show now just like Hunter does and just like Taker does. Uh, and so it's probably inevitable, but I think that's where they're going to, that's how they're going to go about it. Somebody asked a pretty interesting question. Who's better Dolph Ziggler, 2012, 13 or the Miz of today? Oh, I would take the Miz of today over Dolph Ziggler any day of the week, any day of the week. Uh, Dolph, I always respected his in-ring ability. I mean, he was uh, an incredible athlete. I always hated his character. Uh, I never knew if he was trying to be Val Venus or now Shawn Michaels or, you know, I, I never liked the character part of Dolph Ziggler, and I also never thought Dolph Ziggler was a great promo. So uh, I would take the Miz today, any, especially with Maurice as a package. They are money as a package. He better hope that she never wants to leave because without her, he's not the same character. Yeah, the Miz is something special. And, and Dolph Ziggler of that period was something special too, but here's the difference. Dolph Ziggler was supposed to be a heel, mm-hmm. and he got a babyface reaction. The Miz is supposed to be a heel. He's getting a heel reaction. Mm-hmm. That's something that sets it off for me also. The Miz, uh, it's he's doing it after being buried for so long, just trashed, just trashed. I mean, it's it's not much different than the Big Show kind of finding his way when he got into better shape. Uh, and, yeah. and with Miz, it took Maurice. I mean, quite honestly, he was floundering until Maurice came along, and she has put a, a, a new leash on his career. And uh, and they become – I mean, I, I remember you and I joked when we started this podcast about how Miz is one of the guys on the roster that I find is not intimidating. And he's yeah. one of the guys on the roster that I would fight today if I had to. I love I love that he's been at the Elimination Chamber. And last night there were series where he beat the shit out of like five people at once. I right. thought that was hilarious. Right, right. I loved it. But he's it's working for him. It's just it is. I mean, and he's the perfect chicken shit heel. Like you're not yeah. you're not going to see him doing a Braun Strowman on anybody. You're gonna you're gonna see him tuck tailing and running when things get tough, and it, it works for him. So it's good. I th- I'm pretty sure it's the same guy who says I look like Rihanna is in the chat saying Jimmy truck, Jimmy car, Jimmy helicopter, Jimmy bus. <laughs> oh, gee, that was creative. Good for him. If you were to go, like, say next week you ended up on ProWrestlingSheet.com, you would have to change your persona. You would have to. It's a fightful entity. Jimmy Van registered. What would you be? Would you be? Would you be Jimmy Moped? So how am I, as the owner of Fightful, going to leave next week to go to Pro Wrestling Sheet? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's just – it's a hypothetical situation. Stop screwing it up. <laughs> uh, well, I think that I would kind of pull a CM Punk or an AJ Styles, and I would take the, oh. I would take the IP with me, man. That's what I would do. That's a chicken shit move right there is what that That's is. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. <laughs> That's the easy way out. Graham Williams says, is Fightful achieving what you set out for it to be or do, or is there still a way to go? Oh, there's a long way to go. Long way to go. I think you were seven months in. Well, you were saying, I think, on the podcast last night about how mm-hmm. some people that watched you on another website didn't even know you're doing this podcast now, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's a reality of today. There is so much content 
for people to consume, both on the internet and on television. So much content that uh, it takes time and effort and money in order to attract those eyeballs today because there's just too too many options. I think we're from for where we're at. I think we're doing really good. Uh, I think that our, our visitor count is going up every month. Our page view count is going up every month. Uh, Sean and I were talking last night about how the MMA podcast, their view counts are going up every week. So, Like it tripled, tripled from one week to the next. Yeah, we're trending in the right direction, but it's going to take time. We'll see where we're at in a year. I think we're uh, at a year as of uh, first week of July. Although mm-hmm. I still kind of look at August as our first real month because yeah. July was like fixing the bugs and all the kinks. So. And then that was, and that was a lot of that was me saying UFC 200 is the first week of July. We got to launch. We got to do something. That's a hot period. Yeah. Plus the draft. Like there was no way we couldn't launch at least something by July. It was Jimmy picked a really, really good period to launch a crossover site because you had UFC 200, you had uh, Brock Lesnar, you had a WWE draft, you had uh, Brock Lesnar and John Jones failing drug tests, which we couldn't have have saw coming, right? but it was a good period to really kick that off. And then, of course, the next month was SummerSlam. Then the next month, I think, was a Conor McGregor fight. Mm-hmm. So that was a, in my opinion, we couldn't have picked a better time to just launch that. Because if you're wanting a crossover site, those are some of the names you want to be talking about in, in, when, you, when you do it. And when you, look at, when you look at some of the little things that are happening, I mean, Matt Riddle did a podcast with X-Pac, and X-Pac acknowledged on the air that he knows of our show. Uh, and his co-host, I forget, I don't know the name of that girl, but his co-host said that she was watching the show too. Uh, we've got guys like Frank Trigg that are willing to work with us, and, and uh, Robin Black and Elias, and uh, things are moving in the right direction. Some of my old readers from, from 10 years ago. I love seeing that. I love seeing yeah, that. Yeah, they're finding us now too. So things are definitely trending in the right direction, but it's going to take time. We'll see. I think we'll see where we're at at the end of this year, and maybe that'll help us gauge a little bit better. Yeah, there are a lot of big dogs in wrestling news and MMA news, and uh, even if Jimmy Van has given me all these resources and stuff, it's still hard to push through. There are a lot of people that have really old habits. You hear me joke about it, telling you to break up with your old wrestling website. There are top 10 visited wrestling websites who have not updated their layout since 1999 or 2000. Well, not just that, but they, they have a big advantage. And you know what? This is the one I have never regretted shutting down my website ever because, uh, because I use that time in order to, you know, start my own company and to, to, to build myself up that way. So I've never regretted shutting down my site. But the one thing I will tell you, if I hadn't have shut my site down, imagine where I'd be now in terms of traffic, because at that time, at that time, I was on the level with all those other sites at that time. So if I had to shut it down, imagine where we'd be. But uh, otherwise, I've never regretted it. Obviously, they have the advantage now of having a lot of organic traffic and, like you said, a lot of habitual yeah. habitual uh, visitors. Whereas I'm spending, as you know, a shitload of money on <laughs> uh, on media buys in order to kind of get our name out there. But it's okay. I mean, again, when you're a new entity, you have to do that. You do. And the buzz is the buzz is coming, so things are good. It's it is very hard, and like I said, I'll I'll single out a website lordsofpain.net they haven't updated a thing in like 15 years but the same people who went there 15 years ago are going there now yeah i mean their news is up 15 minutes later than everybody else because they got one guy who posts news and and i think a lot of mark middleton mark middleton's a great dude but um 
it, it's it's a thing of habit, and sometimes you have to hope that people will break that habit, and you have to get it out there. Wrestling media is a very fascinating, different type of thing. Different news outlets are created every single day. That's not necessarily the case for higher end pro wrestling news media. That's you got to have some juice behind it. And uh, when I left the most visited wrestling website in the world because of the things that Jimmy Van told me, I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. That sounds like the perfect opportunity. That sounds like exactly what I've always wanted to do. And uh, yeah, it's very interesting. Imagine, very imagine interesting. like a year, year and a half from now when we're really, really big and then I fire you for somebody better. Just imagine. <laughs> who could, who's, who, who bigger than Sean Ross that? When I, when I have Ariel Helwani calling me and he's saying, Jimmy, I'll come on board, but I got one condition. I got one condition. You got you to gotta get rid of that Sean Ross sack. Like <laughs> I've talked to Ariel a few times. Very nice guy. And he's another Canadian because Canadians seem to be taking over the world, man. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. You get rid of your, your top American and see how that works out for you. <laughs> see how that – we're going to create a 1997 U.S. versus Canada wrestling media war. Was that not a fun time in wrestling back then? It was the, the best. That was such a fun time. And they started booking a lot more shows in Canada, oh, and great. all you had to do was cross a border, yeah. and the fucking Patriot was over. <laughs> he was trash. That was such and a great time over. in wrestling. It was awesome. To be honest, I, I wish they would do that. I mean, they're not going to start running Mexico, but I wish they would do that with Mexico. They they are too afraid to ex- to not exploit, but to capitalize off of the emotions of people, I think. Yeah, but they, and, they were also at the right place at the right time with Bret Hart at that time. That's true, yeah. but I mean... Go ahead. I, I And Andrade Almas and Alberto Del Rio will never be Bret Hart, but they no. had a couple of guys who who could at least get it over a little bit. A little bit. Now, yeah. I don't want disrespectful trash, but uh, somebody, somebody asked, will Robin Black be returning? Uh, yeah, so uh, I think he will be. So next week, Robin is in Vegas uh, uh, for the week, I think. And Joe is going on vacation the week after. Uh, so they're not going to be able to connect again for, uh, I guess, three weeks. But it looks like he does want to do it, uh, from what I understand, probably every Monday. We're probably going to hook him up. Why does everybody in the chat want me to fight Glenn Rubenstein? Guys, I like Glenn. I don't even, the- I'm not sure I know who that is. Glenn's the guy who replaced me at Wrestling Inc. Ah, okay. Glenn is a good dude. He used to get our ads, some of our ads for us at Wrestling Inc. He's a very, very oh, nice yeah, guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, the guy that has the mobile ad network or whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, okay. he's a good dude. I don't dislike him or anybody, really. Oh, man. Some, ooh, somebody says, has, has anything happened that you, or anything almost happened with Fightful that didn't that you wish would have? You know, I wish we would have got that Pritchard podcast. That would have been cool. Uh, we can talk about. Uh, you know what? I should tell the Brock Lesnar story for a minute about, yeah. about my last company, just just to give an idea of how things can go. So, the last company that I was at, again, I was at this advertising agency. They were going through a down period at one time, and this was when Brock Lesnar had just lost the UFC heavyweight title. So, what was that, Sean? Like 2010, around there? Yeah, or 2000? Yeah, 2010. I, over the years, uh, on every now and then, I would exchange messages with Paul Heyman. Every now and then. Uh, he didn't really know me. I didn't really know him. But every now and then, our, our paths would kind of cross a little bit. And so I decided to hit a Paul Heyman out of the blue. 
and said, do you think Brock would be interested in coming to Vegas for a conference and, uh, and uh, being a guest at a party that we're going to do for my company? And lo and behold, Brock was interested, even though he never did that kind of stuff. Brock was interested. He wanted a hundred grand and he wanted to fly out if possible the same night. Cause he doesn't like to, to travel and to stay overnight. Yes. Otherwise he was going to do it. And we, we locked it down and it was good to go. And then when, you know, like a month before the conference, my, my boss came to me and he said, we're cutting your budget uh, to 10 grand. So I had to get rid of Brock. I couldn't afford him, but otherwise I would have found him. As far as Fightful goes, uh, we had a, a potential deal with Chael Sonnen, who is a very well-known UFC fighter and he's in Bellator. He just did Celebrity Apprentice. And he was going to do a MMA podcast every Friday, I think it was. Uh, but unfortunately, it turned out that the money was uh, beyond what I wanted to pay him. But And we run into that sometimes. There are a ton of known, known performers in wrestling and in MMA that are interested in doing something like this. The problem is, number one, are they available every single week? And number two, how much do they want? And that's been our only issue. Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny. Like, you know, we pitch names all around and anybody you see on this generally are names that we have that we always wanted to begin with. But I reach out to Xbox, I reach out to Ryback, I reach out to Eric Bischoff. And it's so funny. I reached out to them about podcasts and they all already had podcasts in the works. And I will say this. I will say this and I'm not gonna know I'm not gonna say any names, but Sean knows that I have somebody lined up for if and when we lose Matt. Because we think that if Matt does get a contract this year with NXT or with WWE, we're probably going to lose him. I have somebody lined up to take his place, uh, and you know who I'm talking about. But I'm, I'm but Crazy K, yeah, yeah, that's who, that's who. <laughs> but no, but I'm I'm leaving that person kind of in my back pocket until uh, we know what's going on with Matt, and uh, if and when we lose him, I got somebody good lined up, so that should be fun. Yeah, just not making a real offer on the Pritchard thing is really the only thing that I'm like major regret but nobody could have predicted that that podcast would be a cultural phenomenon like it has been but um hopefully i can have him or conrad on a show sometime because they they do some great stuff that's really the only thing because otherwise i think our coverage is good we were able to track i've got a pretty good eye for talent like i said nobody could have predicted the pritchard thing but alex hadn't alex had been doing wrestling writing for about a month Carlos had never done anything on a grand scale. Anna had never done much in wrestling, and now she's getting acting jobs from what she did on Fightful. Tell me about that. So I, I saw awesome. I saw a picture. There was like a picture on Twitter. What is yeah. that about? She's doing a feature, a horror feature. Uh, and the person, I guess the founder, really, really enjoyed her work on Fightful. Really? Yeah. Are they going to call the movie The Creation of Ellsworth? Yeah, apparently people in WWE. I mean, people in WWE watch her show. I've been told that flat out. And her Photoshop work in particular, when I when I brought that up, they said, "Well, her Photoshop work is rather popular." Really? Because she does she does uh, there are things that you'll see on the site that you won't realize that she's photoshopped, guys. Like yeah. Kendall Jenner in the Wolfpack, she photoshopped that for us. She did right. that for Alex. That girl is multi-talented. Yeah. Like very. Yeah. I mean, she's no Sean Ross Sapp, but I mean, she's up there. She's up there. But who is Sean? Who is seriously? No, it's it's hard, man. It's hard. Anything else you got before we go? Actually, outside? actually, I wanted to ask you this. So, do you tend to go by the name Sean, or do you go by Sean Ross? Like, if somebody's talking to you, hey, do you okay. Go by- so here's the thing. Ross is my middle name. Yeah. 
like if anybody calls me Sean Ross, like even Matt Riddle calls me Sean Ross. That's what I was going to say. So Matt Riddle told X-Pac that he does a podcast with Sean Ross. Yes. And it's the first time I'd heard Sean, because it sounds like something out of the Waltons, Sean Ross. Yeah. So I hated my middle name in school, but as I got to do things like whether it be Google searches or something, there are other Sean Saps. I wanted to use Sean Ross Sap. It's more memorable, uh, easier to, to use professionally. More people can identify me with that. Uh, also, I mean, nobody calls me Sean Sapp unless they don't know me or they know me really, really, really well. Okay. So if they like kind of know me, one of my catch wrestling coaches who I, uh, who is actually my tag team partner on some indie stuff, he calls me Sean Sapp all the time. Not Sean, yeah. not Sean Ross Sapp. He always says Sean Sapp. Hmm. So yeah, I, I just go by that, but it seems easier to remember in the the SRS abbreviation. I was just going to ask hey, you about SRS. Has, has anybody ever tried to do a correlation between SRS and Kofi Kingston's old uh, entrance music? No, but my fantasy football name is Why So SRS to play off of the Joker in Batman. Interesting. Interesting. Why we're getting a lot of useless trivia today on the Fightful Wrestling Podcast. I love these shows. These are, these are legitimately probably some of my favorite shows. No disrespect to Jeff. Are you just sucking Joe. up? Are you sucking up? Are you looking no, for a raise? Bullshit for an hour. You want a raise? I'm getting paid to bullshit for an hour. <laughs> like what? You know what's funny? So there was a guy last week that commented that he thinks I don't like you. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. And I saw that and I'm like, I, I love Sean. Sean's like my boy on this thing. Why would somebody think I hate the guy? I never understood that. Let's, let's go back and read these comments. I want to read these real quick. Also, somebody says, SRS, will you be Matt's manager in WWE if he makes it? Yeah, I highly doubt it. I, I guarantee I could probably cut a decent promo for him. But at this point, based on what I saw from that CZW thing, he don't need anybody cutting promos for him. Would you do it if they made you dress up like Johnny Polo? Probably. Because I, I would love to see you in that, like like with the little cowboy hat and the – I think he used to have like jean shorts that he rolled up. Hey, they pay me six figures. I'll get over me not liking travel pretty quick. Um, and if they <laughs> let me still do this because like I legitimately love my job. Where is this damn podcast? Here we go. <laughs> Let's read this because we're, we're almost out of time. This guy seems like he doesn't like SRS. <laughs> oh, that was pretty simple. No, there's we got oh we got a response. Yeah, there's another one. There's another one. Seems like the kind of dude who takes advantage of the fact that he pays it. <laughs> well, I can't disagree there. Oh, come on. <laughs> Me and SRS don't agree much on wrestling stuff. Well, then you must be wrong a lot, buddy. Just remember that. I have not yet asked you to wear a sandwich board that says fightful.com on it and walk up and down the street in whatever town you live in in Kentucky. I haven't asked you to do well, that. Well, that's because that would be a terrible use of your money. It would cost more than whatever you would make back. Maybe it's just me, but I get that vibe from JV. Good show, though. (laughs) Bust SRS about pauses and shit. You do. I do. I do. do. I do. This guy is on 10 podcasts for you, bro. He has three at some point. (laughs) I never realized how often you use the word trash. And and I I, I picked it up there uh, earlier in the week that you like to say trash a lot. Like, that's trash. It's trash. Yeah, I do. But it's, that, that's one that, it's all, that's one it's I all think, jovial like, humor. This is just jokes. It's fun. It's a fun time. Like there's stuff like I picked up saying bro around the house from, and people think it's all because of Matt Riddle. Guys, I did a podcast with Vince Russo for like a year and a half before that. I heard bro in my ear every damn day of my life. So you and have to I say think, bro now? Yeah. 
Because you you don't yeah. come off as the bro type. You know what I mean? To be honest, like one of the things Matt told me, he's like, you're you're a little less lively in person. I am very reserved in person. Are you shy? like I? Well, why is that? Are you shy? I just like to keep to myself a little bit sometimes, but like on here, it's just it's second nature for me now. You put a camera in my face, put a microphone in my hand, it's a little bit different. It's just I'm not like super quiet or anything. I'm just not like wild. You know, I'm not just a crazy dude. Interesting. Ooh, a follow-up to the follow-up. I like this one. Did you read the follow-up to the follow-up? I don't think so. SRS ain't a fucking gimmick. <laughs> I can respect that. Everybody else on YouTube is trying to be a gimmick. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I want to know what Showdown Joe's gimmick is. What's his gimmick? Canadian gentleman. That is true. That is true. He is a Canadian gentleman. I will say this. You guys are so easy to deal with. Joe, because Joe, Joe's been around for a long time and he's done a bunch of TV stuff. And so you always wonder what's going to be like dealing with a guy that has all that experience. But no, nah, he's super easy to work with. And you're, I basically just tell Sean, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Done. It's easy. I don't, I don't have kids. I make my work my life. And my wife is more than supportive because she knows it's what I want. So that, that goes a long way. Also, being white and privileged helped get me to this point. So, hey, I I don't. That is not a reflection of why I hired you. I want to make that clear. Not a reflection of why I hired you. I mean, I'm just saying, guys. It's 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 the unfortunate reality. It's it's it's, it's a boys' club in pro wrestling a lot of times, and that that helped me get my jobs and stuff like that. It's unfortunate. That's why we switch it up. That's why. I want people from all kinds of different backgrounds. I want Canadians. I want Americans. I want uh, Asians and Hispanics and black people, white people, men, women. We, we're trying to do things a little bit different at Fightful. That way you don't get one perspective. You don't get a journalist perspective or a fan perspective. You get a businessman perspective like Jimmy Van. You get actors like Anna Bauer, Jeff Hawkins, uh, Alex Palowski. You get fighters like Frank Trigg and Elias Theodore. You get journalists like myself and Showdown Joe. You get wrestlers like Shane Helms and Matt Riddle. I want people to see things from like everybody's point of view, not just not just a couple of 30-something white guys sitting in a room talking shit. It sounds to me like you want to live in Toronto. You know what? I've told you this before. That ain't looking too bad these days. When you want to – because you, you just rhymed off a bunch of like multicultural aspects, and Toronto yeah. is like the multicultural city of the world. So this is hey, this is where you want to be. You pay for my house and you got me moving there. Not Jimmy. in Toronto, I'm not. Not in <laughs> Toronto. <laughs> we went like ten minutes or five minutes over. Not a big deal. Okay, so is one of one other time limits on this thing? Since when do we have time? I usually limits? try to keep them around an hour. Because here's the thing: there's a difference psychologically. I'll, I'll give you this one for free, guys. <laughs> when they see that fifty nine dot dot. Versus that one dot dot zero zero dot dot. Yeah, it's just a psychological thing. That's a marketing thing too. That's that's why they yeah. that's why they do nine ninety nine instead of ten dollars. That's the reason. Sure. Yeah, I remember uh, when I was like fifteen years old. My best friend and I said, "There are some things that are nine ninety nine that you look at and you say, <laughs> oh, that's ten dollars.' Mm-hmm. And then there are some things that come on and you say, that's nine dollars.'" Mm-hmm. And shortly after that, a Girls Gone Wild commercial came on, and my friend goes, oh, dude, that's $9. And your response was, I know I ordered it a week ago. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what you got before we go? 
Uh, I don't really have uh, much else. So we have, we're working on a bunch of more uh, features and fixes for the site. Uh, Anna's going to be happy. We're going to throw a little widget for her on the main page. So she's going to get, yeah. she's going to get more exposure. Uh, Deanna's first article is going live tomorrow. We're still, we're still going to work on a new forum. I know people have asked, we're going to work on a new forum because V bulletin is just too old and dog shit. And, uh, and that's it, man. Otherwise I'm just doing my thing. I love these shows. I find out stuff about Fightful that I didn't even know on these shows. But, uh, yeah, guys, Deanna Perrazzo's first Pro Series article goes up tomorrow. If you haven't checked out Jason Kincaid's, I beg you to check that out, guys. That is some of the best best reads in wrestling journalism history, and I am not afraid to say that. The, the type, like, he really just lets you have full access to his brain that has like so many wheels and just so many things going through it. Unbelievable stuff. I'm back tomorrow with Matt Riddle. That is a very fun show. We filmed it today. Friday, the non-members. No excuse for you lazy turds to not watch it. <laughs> lazy fucks. This is, lazy fucks. This is a big one. Yeah, sure. I'm a gentleman. I'm a Kentucky. I can't t- say I'm a Kentucky gentleman. That's uh, Chuck Taylor, Dustin, and Evolve's gimmick. Uh we are talking the Hurricanes feud with The Rock. And I went back and watched the stuff yesterday. And damn, was that entertaining stuff. And there were things that I even forgot happened years later that were involved. We're approaching that uh, full on. Subscribe to us, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. We have a lot of fun shows in the archives. If something big and momentous happens, it's like a current event. Me and Shane covered that. But uh, – other topics we've covered include backstage fights, the end of WCW, the original WWF brand split, his experience in the Royal Rumbles. Next month, I'll go ahead and give you one. We're going to talk about his experience at WrestleManias. And also, once a month, uh, I do mailbags with uh, Shane Helms and Matt Riddle where we answer all of your questions that you have for those guys. It's a fun time, as I say. Things of that nature, Jimmy. <laughs> and such. And such. It's trash. It's not trash. It is absolutely (laughs) not trash. (laughs) Subscribe, guys. We're out. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.